Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals. And get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. GMFBs presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Thanks to our friends there for hooking us up for the sponsorship on the entire show, which we love. Our friends and partners over at Old Trapper as we sit here in Nueva York, Tuesday, November 23rd. We know a lot of you are traveling. Maybe some of you have never seen us before. This is GMFB. I'm Kay Adams. This is Kyle Brandt. That's Peter Schrager. And that is Super Bowl champion Sean O'Hara, who's kind of soupy sales this morning. Kyle, tell him why. Uh, because the Giants lost? Be gentle. Yes, let's get into it right now. Soupy Sales, 1970s radio host, okay? I didn't think that, that right? Yeah, I, I, that was a crazy reference from you. Is it, is it mean somebody who's sad? I don't know. No, it's I a radio know. host from the 70s. Really? Tom Brady, yes. How do you know that? Was born in the... Soupy Sales is like a radio legend. How is like Debbie, Soupy Sales. Debbie yeah. Downer. I thought I meant the same thing as Debbie Downer, no? Maybe it's become to mean that. That's the way I took it. I don't know. Maybe, uh, I think Soupy Sales has a part in, um, in Dirty Dancing. I'm not kidding. I think he's like the, the MC right. on the stage. Right. 30 to 10. The Giants deserve no better, by the way. It was a rough night for the Giants and their quarterback. So we just go back to teleprompter. Let's hear what Daniel Jones had to say after the game. I know as players, um, certainly myself, you know, feel responsible for, for how we played and, and executed, and that's on, that's on me, that's on us to, to do better. I think, um, you know, we were put in position uh, to make plays, and, and we've got to make them, um, you know, and that certainly starts with me. We'll go back and look at uh, what happened, look how we can improve and, and move forward as a team. So, um, you know, that's certainly my focus is to look at um, – you know, how I played tonight and, and uh, you know, correct the things I didn't do well and, and uh, move along, move forward. Not the best night for Daniel Jones. He's 0-8, you guys. He's not won in prime time. He's got just 11 wins in his career with the New York Giants. Um, to use your reference, it's been a long time since we were talking about the Giants and Odell Jennifer Graying into mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eli's arms like Dirty Dancing. It's been a long time since the feel-good moments with this team. How do we feel about Daniel Jones, his future with the Giants, and just the Giants in general, Shrakes? Yeah, it's <laughs> still on soupy sales over here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's all right. What's you know what's funny about that reference of that commercial? I got to talk to Eli once. He said that when they shot that commercial, Odell had never seen Dirty Dancing. Had really? no idea what they were doing. Completely out of context. How perfect is that? Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, and that's how it felt last night. Like, it was just the different time and place because Parcells is on the Manning cast. Yeah. We got Bill Parcells, legendary Giants you know, coach, obviously. Won Super Bowls in 86 and 90 with the Giants. And you're watching this, this just floundering Giants team with no spirit and no heart. And, and I'm calling out, like, really, like, serious things. When I'm like, you're on prime time. Like, win one game in front of – and there's Parcells. And, he's, and you're like, could Parcells go? He's 80 years old. Could he get on right that now. side? Like, could he – is that what it takes? Because Giants fans at this point are at their last – last resort on like what can we do i'm watching like saquon's back all right and vita vea is out and it's like 
can Saquon get going? This is the number two overall pick, and we've got this offensive line that there's all this money spent on, and Saquon did nothing last night. It wasn't even like, you know, I don't know if you should blame him or you blame the game plan. It wasn't a factor. Where do you want to go down the list? Do you want to really blame Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones is taking a beating back there. Daniel yep. Jones is doing and saying everything right. Like, could you blame Daniel Jones? Of course you could blame Daniel Jones. He's a quarterback of a, another losing team. But do you want to blame Joe Judge? You can do that today. There was mismanagement on the clock and some you know decisions late. You can, you can Jason Garrett, I mean, I've got Giants fans texting me like, does Jason Garrett's key card still work tomorrow morning? Like, what, what is this? And it's, who do you want to blame? And I, I feel bad. At the end of the day, it's like, Giants fans, I'm sorry. It's another lost season. I can't pin it on Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. He's just one of many players. And <laughs> could he maybe somehow come out of this thing and be fine? Maybe. Or is this a Sam Bradford situation with the Jets where it was like there was just too mm-hmm. much damage, too much scarring, and it's like the fan base wants to start anew, and maybe it's best for him to move on too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to wake up this morning and do anything but talk about soupy sales because there was nothing <laughs> positive about the Giants last night. Soupy sales is the best thing that happened to the show. <laughs> it is. Sh- Sh- in this got- business, you know the axe is going to fall. Like, it's just I don't know what the Giants. How many, tolls, how many tolls are coming with it? And Kyle, you mentioned... Not seeing a movie with Dirty Dancing. Yeah. But for Giants fans, we've seen this movie too many times. Mm. It's year in and year out. It's the same damn movie. I remember sitting here at this breakfast table w- with you guys three years ago, right? And we were talking about, it's Eli's fault. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's right. Eli's fault. Oh, yeah. he's a bum. He, that's it. He's washed up. Daniel Jones, bring us the new guy. Guess what? Fast forward three years later, we're having the same conversation about Daniel Jones now. Maybe the quarterback isn't the issue. Look, I, I'm with. I, I like Daniel Jones. I, I like his personality. I think he's got what it takes. I think he's a tough kid. I think he can do things that Eli can never do. He can do things that other quarterbacks can't do. But it's also what's got him in trouble. And I think last night, the one thing Daniel Jones couldn't do was make that error, make that awful interception that no. you just say, ah, oh, like we, we can't get it. Because to your point, Shrakes. If he doesn't make that throw right there, the, the, the awful throw to Steve McClendon, that interception, now you're talking about other things. But it just keeps coming back to that. This offense is broken. And that, that, to me, is the biggest thing with here. And you can put any quarterback you want in this offense right now. You're not going to succeed. Tom Brady himself is, would struggle with this offense right now because they're dysfunctional. They can't finish drives in the red zone. Bill yeah. Parcells was on the, the Manicast last night, and he I talked know. about, look, his saying was, he would tell his quarterback, just don't mess it up. I got a great defense. It's your job. Just don't mess it up. I think, I think the Giants fans would like to get back to that. It sucks because that interception, we're going to show that so much in the offseason. I don't mean we, I just mean the media. Like, that's how the media works. That is the postcard that they will show over and over. I don't know if the axe is going to fall. I saw a bad gift this morning about Jason Garrett, and it was Tommy from Goodfellas walking in the room to be made. You know, like, I don't know if that's going to go down that way. But this is what I look at. Um, I look at the last offseason, and this is how we did it. This week, a lot of people are going out and buying all kinds of crazy groceries that they don't need or are not going to use, and they're all going to go bad. Let's look back at the Giants' offseason grocery list that we hyped for six months. Here we go. Devontae Booker, he started four games in place of Saquon, averaged less than four yards a carry. Kenny Galladay, a big free agent signing, has missed three games, averaged 46 yards per game, and has fewer touchdowns than the left tackle of the team. Kadarius Toney has more ejections than touchdowns, had that incredible 196-yard performance, and hasn't had more than 40 yards since. John Ross III hasn't caught a pass since Week 8. Kyle Rudolph, we love him, great veteran. He averages about 14 yards a game. This is the groceries they bought. Dory Jackson. Dory Jackson. goes on. Uh, it's just like, this is why we spent the offseason being like, this can work. They can rally behind Daniel Jones. They went and got the guy. The groceries aren't working. They're all rotten. They made bad choices, I, and, and not just in them. I don't know if Saquon was a good choice. I don't know if Daniel Jones was a good choice. There's a lot of bad choices for no axes to fall. You know what I'm saying? They just feel like they're behind every other team that is built as a contender a little bit. And we have so many sound bites that we're inundated with day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out. But I very, it's very rare that I'll like latch on to one. And that John Mara, it was John Mara. It was after all of these free agent grocery shopping list acquisitions that they made. This was back on March 31st, right after free agency. And he said, quote, I'd be very disappointed if things don't turn around quickly. I'm starting to get impatient. Mm. It's been a while. I'm tired of explaining to fans at the end of every season, things are going, things are getting better. We're on the right track. You lose credibility with them. And at that moment, we were like, oh, Mm -hmm. like he means business. He is... Uh, simpatico with his fans and his fan base. He understands. He has awareness of what's going on. So I think we are at the point where the Giants have to make some drastic changes. And I would not be surprised if those happen early. It's just tough. Okay, to your point, 
like there's there's nothing tougher than seeing John Mara, seeing the Mara family, seeing the Tish family in the stadium after a loss, and you walk by them in, in the hallway, and they, they they won't even look at you. Like they're so they're red faced. They're, they're like I'm they're, glad they're, they're wearing not complacent, it. Though. And I want I, like, I you know this that, isn't turning around right now. Right, and and, and look, I feel like hey, they've been very patient can with all answer stuff. A Giants yeah. fan would look at the Maras and say, Hey, what about us? We're paying tickets. Mm. We're the ones going. We're buying concessions. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Because mm-hmm. I don't feel sympathy. For, for John Mara this morning. I feel sympathy for the fans that are paying money and watching this team every week and all that. John Mara's throwing garbage cans and worried about taunting penalties. Mm-hmm. I, this team right here, this, this is what people live for their Sundays, and I know he feels it. And Wellington Mara and the family, it all comes down. But, like, I don't think this morning anyone's crying for John Mara. I think John Mara has got to figure out what he wants in his team and deliver it to those fans. Yeah, my point wasn't that John Mara feels sorry for him because, look, nobody's going to feel sorry for them. Mm-hmm. My point was that he feels it, and I think that this could signal some action. Like mm. we, We've seen them kind of – I mean, look, they've done it already. We, we, we recycled it. We've gone down that way. But when you lose like that, and then this weekend, they're retiring Strahan's jersey against mm. the Eagles at home. And let me just tell you, there, there's been a lot of ceremonies this year. Like Eli's jersey yeah. went in. They had the Super Bowl 46 reunion yeah. team. and. You know, you know what? The owners are scared to go out on the field because the, yeah, the fans are going to boo them. Yeah. And, and like that is that will force a call to action to what you're saying. Yeah, Peter, I mean, Peter you've said it. Giants fans are sick of talking about that. Just like Bears fans are sick of 1985. I've said it. I think no, they're sick. True. I think they're sick of the the ceremonies. To be honest, I think you know when you bring out the 2011 squad and you're getting blown out in a game, and you bring out Eli's jersey and you lose to the Falcons. If the Eagles come in and the Eagles are red hot and they blow them out, like. Mm-hmm. That's the Giants are like, we love Strahan, but like, really? Like, again, we're talking about the yesterday. Respectfully, who cares? Maybe we should move it to next year. I'm, I'm going to tell Stray. Fine. Like, I'm sure he'd be fine with that. Strahan's going to the space. That's uh-huh. what he announced. <laughs> right. he did. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, tomorrow's A block. Let's welcome in Tom Pelissero. I mentioned the Bears uh, and it's Bears Lions on Thanksgiving at Ford Field in Detroit. Do we know who's playing quarterback for the Bears and for the Lions? Both. Okay, it sounds like we'll be watching at least one backup quarterback in that early game on Thanksgiving. Our Ian Rappaport reported last night that Justin Fields is not expected to be ready to go after suffering a rib injury last weekend, and that means Andy Dalton is in line to get the start in this game against the Lions. It'll be Dalton's second career Thanksgiving start following one last year with the Cowboys when they got blown out by Washington. Unfortunate timing here. For a Bears team that's lost five games in a row, Khalil Mack out for the season, Allen Robinson has not been playing recently, and now no Fields, who was looking like an ascending player prior to his injury. Meanwhile, Lions quarterback Jared Goff is feeling better. He took some walkthrough reps on Monday. I am told there is a chance that Goff starts if he is able to throw the ball well today. They're going to continue to evaluate him as he works his way back from that oblique injury that really was preventing him from being able to throw naturally and throw with his core. If they still don't feel like Goff is there, it would be Tim Boyle getting his second NFL start after throwing for 77 yards in his first K. That one has a 12.30 Eastern kickoff. The turkey will be in the oven. All of that followed by, of course, the Raiders taking on the Cowboys. Buffalo in New Orleans. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Tom. We'll talk to you. Can the Bills get back on track? Can they regroup? Have we lost faith in them? Tough loss week 11. Scott Pioli stopping by with his thoughts. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. 
Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Good morning, football. It's Thanksgiving week. We are a family, and now we're welcoming in one of our family members on the show. Every Tuesday, he joins us. He is the NFL Network's front office analyst. He's got over 26 years of NFL experience. He's got three Lombardi trophies that are proudly displayed right behind him. Let's welcome in Scott Pioli. Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to have these things back. I finally moved into my house again. It's been a long Good. haul. Good to have you back there. All right, you're back. Let's talk about the roller coaster that is the AFC East. A month ago, mm. everyone was crowning the Bills. They're division champs. They're going to win it again. Patriots are 2-4. and four. But now New England, if the playoffs were today, would be the AFC East champion. We know you've got Patriots roots, but take us inside the Bills facility. What conversations do you think are being had now that, oh, my gosh, we're going into week 12 and we're not in first place? How do you stay the course? Peter, I think that there is some frustration. That's just a guess. I mean, there has to be. But to me, I think Sean McDermott, who is tough, smart, resilient, and a really focused coach and person, I think what he's saying to his team, listen, we got a short week. All that matters right now is the New Orleans Saints. After this Saints game, we've got plenty of time to prepare for the first game against New England because they've actually got 11 days, not 10 days, because after the Thursday night Thanksgiving game, they play Monday night football. So Sean right now has his team focused on, listen, the Saints are the only thing that matters right now. We lost to Jacksonville. Now, then this past week, we lost at home to Indianapolis, two teams that we probably should have beaten. So right now, we have to focus on this on business. We are not as good as people are saying. Let's focus on this week, and then we will take care of the Patriots' preparation when we have time to take care of the Patriots' preparation. Scott, right now, one of the biggest buzzwords in what we do is hashtag identity. Teams either have it or mm. they don't this time of year. And if they don't, they're desperately scrambling to get it. Who is a team, as you look at the field right now, who knows exactly who they are, who has that precious identity and is getting business done? Kyle, I think the team that has started to establish their identity that they truly believe in is the Indianapolis Colts. And the identity that they've taken on, in my opinion, is a team that knows who they are and what they are. And what they've done is taken on the identity of their head coach where they are smart and they are disciplined. I mean, if you look at their football team right now, they are third in the league in penalties, in the fewest penalties, and second in the NFL in in penalty differential. They're also number one in the league in terms of turnover differential. So they are playing smart football, doing smart things. They also know what the strengths and limitations of their quarterback, Carson Wentz, will be. And they give the ball to Jonathan Taylor, who's the NFL's leading rusher by 200 yards. They know what they've got to do to win football games. They're doing it outside, an indoor team doing it outside in Buffalo by giving Jonathan Taylor the football. Again, knowing who they are and accentuating the positive and limiting the limitations. Great point right there, the fact that an indoor team going outside, establishing their identity to run the football. I love watching them behind that offensive line, mm. too. They kind of look a lot like the Patriots, who just ran the football against the Atlanta Falcons last week on Thursday night. But I want to talk about the Bucks, who we watched last mm. night, take down my G-men. And look, they're coming off of two straight losses, and it feels a lot like deja vu from last year about the offense. 
What is their identity this season? And do you think that they're better this year than they were last year offensively? Sean, I don't think that they've fully established their identity yet. As Kyle said earlier, teams are needing to find out what their identity is. And when we look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm not sure we know what they are. I'm not fully sure they know what they are, but we're not inside that building. One of the things that they are and have been is a little bit too inconsistent. And you ask about where they were last year. This is when they started to hit their groove last year. But right now, you know, we've heard we've heard Bruce Arians talk a couple of times about his team's intelligence, not doing smart things. And when you look at this team, one of the shocking things is they're leading the entire NFL into or they're on the opposite. They're the worst in the NFL in terms of penalty differential. And what that means is they're giving up. 294 total yards over the season in penalties in their games. That is not championship football. So what they have is an identity that is evolving, I still think. They've had too many injuries. There's been inconsistency with the roster on game day. So right now is when they need to really establish this identity. They have the firepower. They have the team. They have the players. Now they've just got to play smarter football. They have Tom Brady. Scott Pioli joining us here uh, ahead of Week 12 action. I have three games on Thanksgiving. Uh, I was hanging out on NFL.com, as I often do, and I came across an article that you, my friend, penned where you make the case for Rodney Harrison and why he should be a Hall of Famer. What do you think is the biggest reason he deserves that gold jacket? Okay, the simple fact is he was a great player and one of the most dominant players of his era, and that is part of what... The, re- the requirements are for the National Football League or the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And to me, Rodney Harrison was a versatile player when the game was starting to change. He was one of the best versatile players, and he was, again, dominant in so many ways. He was a tremendous blitzer. You know, I, in this article, I'll talk about some of the things, and I'm going to compare him to John Lynch, who was an absolute Hall of Famer. And I compared he and John because they played in the same era. And when you look at the numbers, I'm not a huge analytics guy, but when you look at the numbers, you will see the facts as to why Rodney belongs in the the Hall of Fame. However, when you look at tape, you spend time around his teammates and you talk to the people that played against him, that feared him and respected him, then you talk to the teammates that played with him. He was a champion's champion. He still is a champion's champion. And to me, one of the simple things is Rodney Harrison was the first ever 30-30 player, where he had 30 sacks and Mm. 30 interceptions. The first player in NFL history to do it. There's only been two players do it. The other one being Ray Lewis. Rodney, again, because of his aggressiveness and some of his out-of-the-line hits, I think was looked at a little bit differently. But Rodney Harrison is an absolute Hall of Fame player. All right, Scott, you just made the case. A lot of the voters are watching the show and will hopefully listen to your words. Rodney Harrison, a case for Canton. I appreciate it, Scott. We appreciate you. Have an awesome Thanksgiving weekend and enjoy the games Thanks on you. Thursday. Hey, I'm thankful for Scott. all of you. I truly mean it. Thanks. You Have too, a great man. Thanksgiving. Getting off the Taylor lowers his shoulder and he pounds his way across the goal line. Touchdown. Screen to the left side, Jonathan Taylor, he's at the 10, makes a man miss, he's at the 5, cuts back, touchdown! That one from 23, hands off to Jonathan Taylor, jumps up the pile, he's in there! Another one! Taylor starts out left side, cuts up at the 5, step hard his way, into the end zone! That's touchdown number 4! Jonathan Taylor stood up at the 1, falls forward, there's 5 of them! Number 5, a performance for the agents! All right, time for a game of We In or We Out. Here's how it works. We say a statement, and then we say whether we disagree with the statement or we agree with the statement. And that was Jonathan Taylor, 185 yards, five touchdowns, I think pretty much inarguably the greatest player in football this past week. Mm -hmm. He now leads the NFL with 1,100 rushing yards. He's got 15 touchdowns already. That's receiving and rushing. He's running away with the rushing title as Derrick Henry is on the mend. And yet we look at the league and it's, who's the MVP? I don't know. So I pose this first statement to you guys. Jonathan Taylor is the league's MVP, most valuable player, mm-hmm. 11 weeks in to the 2021 season. Are we in or are we out, Sean? I love what he's doing on the field. And as a former offensive lineman, any kind of running back can just do that to defenses, gut them right up the middle. It's phenomenal. But I'm, I'm going to go a different direction here. I love that it, we're not talking about quarterbacks here for the MVP. 
But I'm going to go with a guy who didn't even play last week. Cooper Cup. Cooper right? Cup. Cooper Cup for MVP right now. Look, Jonathan Taylor is the hot, you know, he's the hot commodity right now because he played. Cooper T- Cooper Cup was taking a nap this past week. And guess what? He still leads the league in receptions, still leads the league in receiving yards, still leads the league in receiving touchdowns. Cooper Cup right now is my MVP. 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 You can vote right now. The best player in football this season. You're saying Cooper Cup. He is doing something no player has ever done in the history of the game. In NFL history, think about all the receivers yep. that have gone out there. No player has ever had 80-plus catches, over 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns in the first 10 games. Cooper Cup. Oh, look at that. 10. There it is. This is jersey there number two. There we go. You make a good case for the wide receiver. I think, yeah, Jonathan Taylor has a legitimate shot. And it's not just a fever dream this year because it's a quarterback's award. We all know that. And the only argument that I'm hearing that's even close to compelling against Jonathan Taylor is that if you didn't give it to Derrick Henry last year, you can't give it to Jonathan Taylor this year. Well, last year, my friends, a man named Aaron Rodgers was lighting the world on fire. And you can definitely make an Aaron Rodgers case this year. He has good numbers. But it's, it's not about Jonathan Taylor versus Derrick Henry. It's Jonathan Taylor versus the 2021 field. And the 2021 field does not have a quarterback, at least in my eyes, Peter, that wants to win this award. There's no quarterback separating himself from the pack. So, I don't know. Taylor has a shot because none of the quarterbacks are having a scorched earth type of year like Rodgers had last year. And I kind of like it. Right on. So, so in? In, yeah. I said, in. yeah. I started my argument. Yeah. Did you? All right. Uh, I'm way out. Okay. Way out. I, I can't... I just can't give it to the running back on the ninth best team in the AFC. Fair. You know what I mean? Like, they're the ninth best team. He's a great player, great stats and everything like that, but it just doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't. And I, I agree with Kay in the sense that, like, we can start striking him down. Mm-hmm. It's not Kyler. It's not Josh Allen. It's not Dak. It's not Lamar. The crazy thing is that even with all he's been through, even missing a game, I still think Rodgers is in the mix. Like, Rodgers is putting up MVP numbers, and then I still think it's Brady. I would give it to Brady. I really by would. By default, or you feel like Brady's the best yeah, player in football this year? kind of by default. Like, th- that's why this is a great question. I think it's impossible to answer. I really do. I don't feel good giving it to Taylor. I kind of give it to Brady by default. It, we need 2,000 yards. We need a 13-3 and mm. season. Like, we need something really special to give it to a running back who has much less to do with the team than the quarterback. I think I'm out. Yeah, and, and it's a great question because, to your point, Kay, Josh Allen was supposed to be the guy too many of these games where it's down. Then it was like, all right, Mahomes. Mahomes is winning, but they're winning 19-9. to It's mm. not like, hey, Mahomes is the reason. Cooper Cup is an interesting one. I kind of scoffed at it at first, but in this, hey, what we're trying to – I just don't know if he's the best wide receiver in the sport. Mm-hmm. Do you even think he's the best at his position, Sean? It's a great question. I think when you look at him in that offense, yeah, I, th- I think for what they do and how he fits into it, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Now, you're going to put him on the outside and ask him to do something different? I mean, that, that, that's a totally different ball game. But I, 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 I like what Cooper Cup brings. I like the conversation about Brady, and I think that what you're talking about with him being mm-hmm. the best, mm-hmm. we have a different standard for Tom. Mm-hmm. Like, he's leading the league right now in touchdowns. I mean, the guy's phenomenal at home. We just kind of have a different barometer with mm-hmm. him. But the other guy you could really argue with, and you mentioned him, is Derrick Henry. Like, he might be the MVP he's not, he's this not, year. Not, yeah, look he, at what the team, yeah, that's, look, uh, the team disintegrated okay. without him. So, technically, like, you take it That's like value. when the Colts went 1-15 without Peyton Manning. Like, you know, Peyton Manning like, should they, be the MVP. That's yes, because he's the most valuable that. player. True. I mean, <laughs> can't go, can't go Derrick Henry. He's then playing. Rodgers right. only has four picks this year. You can definitely make the case, as I said, and as you said, for Rodgers. Brady, too, I guess. But does that juice anybody up this year? I don't know. I don't know. There could be a wild one who comes running. I know. But it might be Taylor. It might be Taylor. It might be... Kirk Cousins' numbers are amazing. Like if if Justin Herbert gets hot, like this, it's wide open. If Jalen Hurts gets Jaylen, hot, if Jalen Hurts gets hot, second highest scoring fantasy quarterback wow. this year. You should Let's, have to have uh, a winning record, though. I would, would think so that. too. Yeah, yeah. let's get think. to the second one because the Vikings it. had a wild, wild win, and it's been a wild season for the Vikings. I, up and down and up and down. You want to talk about a moment that's on the top part of the roller coaster? Mm-hmm. It was that victory over the Packers. Vikings fans come out in droves and they're like, we have just been through too much. We've been through too much. Here are the worst Super Bowl records of all time. And I only bring this up. I don't want to go negative. It's terrible. Just, it, this doesn't even include the Gary Anderson field goal. This doesn't include uh, you know, Brett Favre throwing a, a pick against the Saints in the Superdome in an NFC Championship game. My statement is this. Vikings fans have been through more heartache than any other fan base in football. Kyle, are we in or are we out? I'm out. I'm out. Uh, it's how do you like your pain? How do, how do you want it? Is it better to have loved and lost or to have never loved at all? The Minnesota Vikings have had some glorious moments, a lot of playoff wins. 
The Minneapolis miracle alone yeah. should satiate anybody in any fan base. Hey, give me Detroit. Give me Detroit right now. Just a slow, dead burn <laughs> of teasing and misery. They haven't had that. Oh, we won a couple games. What a question. Why put a date on that footage? Because that's year they went on 16. I'm it's any year. No, you're right. It could it's be anything. Why? And this is incredibly negative, but I just want to shout out to Detroit that we feel you. We oh. got you. You're probably insulted. You know how badly they would love to have the Moss and Carter and Cunningham year? They had Stafford and Megatron and great players, and they still haven't done it. Uh, I think Detroit is the worst because it's just this, like, just this flat line as opposed to, oh, my God, we're going to do it, and then the disappointment. But that might be more painful. They lost four Super Bowls. Like, what you just showed is, I can't, you lose four Super Bowls. By the way, they lost six NFC Championship games. And you're saying, not even counting the, the Gary Anderson field goal is like, that, that cancels out any Minneapolis miracle. The Minneapolis miracle does not elate anybody. It was a great moment that led to nothing. I'm going to go with the Vikings here on this one. Because at least, you know, I was thinking the Saints maybe on the other side of the mini miracle, but they at least have a ring to fall got back their on. Ring. They have something they can say, at least we got one. Uh, I don't know. When all those years they had Chris Carter and Randy Moss, were they not the best team in the NFL for so many of those years, so many of those weeks in and out, and they couldn't get anything done there, that tortured fan base, Ape, and I feel for you. Mm, heartache is always something different to define. For Detroit, it's almost like, you know, here we go again. I think for heartache, sometimes it's when your team gets so close and you're right there and you can smell and see the mm-hmm. postseason. You can see the Super Bowl mm. and then it gets ripped from your grasp. So I'm going to go with the Saints. You mentioned the, the, the Minnesota miracle. It's tough. Take us back to the Minnesota Vikings 7 heaven right here. Case Keenum. I mean, look, everybody's thinking, hey, Drew Brees and the Saints, they're going to go back to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then this happens. It's mm-hmm. a road game, Sean. Really? And like Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're the Saints fans right here, this is a, this is the playoff game. This Sean, is, you played for the Browns. <laughs> yes. But this is hard. I'm just talking about most recently here. The heartache, the, the fact that that was ripped Rutgers. from the grass. <laughs> Rutgers. In 2017, it's like, oh, my gosh, Marcus Williams. Okay, tough uh-huh. play. All right, you know what? We're going to get him next year. Well, you know what happens the next year? Not good. This happens the next year yeah. to Saints fans. Nikel Roby Coleman. Nikel Roby Coleman with the non-PI. Yeah, that's tough. And if you're Drew Brees, you're like, oh, my goodness. I don't know how many more years I got in me. Uh, like and the this, whole team kind of knows it. That, you know, you're watching your, guy, yeah, I mean, your Hall of Fame leave. They, this changed the NFL. It changed the entire rule and the fact that you could replay it because of this. Saints fans, yeah, no doubt about it. You didn't it. show after, Kirk Cousins ripping their heart out the following year. Right. It's year right. after year. And then last year, they're up. And Jared Cook fumbles, and then the Buccaneers go on their run. It's but they won one. Saints. Saints fans they have been they, they, they've had a permanent seat at the Absinthe House on, on Bourbon Street. Oh. They have. Trying to erase things. Seat, no too. mention of the Buffalo Bills. Four Super Bowls in a row yeah. and haven't won one. They won four title games. Those are great days as yeah. a sports fan. It's good. But it's tough. It's it's good take. Tough. What do you think? What's your is your take, Minnesota? No, my take's the Jets fans. Oh, the yeah. Jets fans, yeah. really? They won one in '69. No one who is watching this show was like uh, an, an adult when that happened. Like uh, it's a whole. They've lost three generations. A couple of title games, not bad. Yeah. M- right. M- M- Melissa's rocking her her Jets. Switch. Melissa, our producer, diehard Jet fan. She goes to these games. I'm like, you go to the yeah. games. It's like <laughs> you're going to Jets. Yeah, Joe Flacco. You're gonna say no to that? Yeah, Come on. Joe Flacco, to Elijah She's Moore. All right. At least twice a year, we hang out with our next guest, who is an Ivy League graduate. He dishes up fantastic advice, and it's why we keep welcoming him back as a businessman, a professor, providing financial advice for NFL players and friends, and to us, he's a linebacker as well for the Atlanta Falcons. Please welcome back friend of the show, Brandon Coop. What's up, Coop? What's up, Coop? What's up? What's up, Coop? How y'all doing? It's great to be back. It's all right. Good. I'm sleeping pretty well. You, I understand, probably not so much. Your family recently welcomed a second kiddo into the world. Cope, congratulations, Braylon Miles Copeland. Uh, he was born exactly two weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What oh, an absolute yeah. angel. I love Swaddled. it. How's the new addition? He, he is awesome. He is awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I got to shout out my wife, Taylor. She's taking on the... Uh, you know, the lion's share of the responsibilities with, with baby Braylon. You know, we had the baby on Tuesday. I was doing my best job being a coach, holding that hand, you know, telling her to push, baby push, you know. Um, and then we had an away game on Sunday and then a Thursday night game. So it's just been, you know, a lot a lot on us and the family. But it's been a blessing, you know, nothing short of a blessing. So we're excited, man. 
It, it seems exciting. We're excited for you, too, especially since this thing is fully generational now. We have a full appreciation here on the show, as you know, for the retro NFL. Dude, back in the 70s, your grandfather, Roy Hilton, also played defense for the Falcons. This is really cool. You're in your first season with Atlanta, but here's the retro footage. What does it mean to look at this and follow in your grandfather's footsteps? Wow. First and foremost, this yeah. is the first time I'm seeing this film myself. Yeah. So, you know, that almost brings fear to my eye right here. So, I, look at this man making plays. I see you, granddad. Look, I need <laughs> to get out here and start making some plays. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, it, to, to answer your question, it's, it's an amazing feeling. I mean, they have uh, a beautiful wall in the Falcons facility that has the names of every player that's ever played for the Falcons and put on this uniform. And obviously being able to walk past my grandfather's name every day um, is not just a, a, another form of motivation, but it's also, you know, unfortunately my grandfather passed away in 2019, but um, it, it's a, a reminder that he's obviously here with me. So, you know, every time I go on the field, my wife sends me a prayer. A lot of times it has in there, you know, granddad be with him on the field today. So um, being a spiritual person, I, I really, I really am, am, blessed to to be able to put on the same jersey and walk the same you know just land that my my grandfather had an opportunity to walk when when he was my age so um again nothing short of a blessing but again i need to get out there and make some plays like that because you know granddad was putting in that work but <laughs> granddad was an awesome player and obviously an amazing man he'd be so proud to watch you play for the falcons right now and that was footage of him sacking Steve Spurrier. Uh, that was pretty it's cool amazing. when Spurrier was with the 49ers, so it's neat for us to watch it as well. Um, you guys have a pretty good quarterback coming in next week, and it's the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. What does your defense have in store for the Jaguars' young signal caller, and will you be tossing him around like another Heisman winner? Steve Spurrier was tossed around by your grandfather. <laughs> uh, that's always the plan. I mean, for, for me personally, you know, I don't go on the field and, you know, looking to to not be as violent and, and impose my will. But, um, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence is, is a remarkable young player. Um, clearly he's been that way since, you know, he, he started touching the football. Um, so it's going to be a, a, a task for us as a defense to, to contain them and, and limit them. You know, with, with great players like that, you 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 know that they're going to make plays. You just have to be able to weather the storm and, and then also throw your shots in there and get your punches in when you can. So, um, you know, I'm excited to, to continue to try to not only game plan for him, but the other weapons that they have on that team because, um, you know, they're, they're starting to gel for sure. So, Thanksgiving is a great week, Brandon, and uh, certainly a lot to be thankful for. Congratulations on your second child and having healthy children. That is certainly a blessing. Uh, but you're not stopping there. Uh, on this week of Thanksgiving, you're giving back through your foundation. Uh, beyond the basics, talk to us about what you're doing. And it sounds like you did something last night. So you're not sleeping. When you're not watching film, you're doing charitable things. Tell us more about your foundation. Yeah, so uh, Beyond the Basics, Inc. is a, a foundation my wife and I started a few years ago. We uh, we, we literally try to embody the name Beyond the Basic, um, meaning, you know, I know obviously a lot of NFL players, we grow up and we want to do good things in the community. But, you know, for some of us, um, you know, it's 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 not simple, but it's just, you know, we try to find ways to kind of go a little bit above and beyond. Right. Clearly, the name lends itself to that. So. Um, last night, myself, Mike Davis, John Kaminsky, Mike Pinnell, um, the Falcons and Publix, we all partnered up and, and went to a Publix here in Atlanta, an uh, underserved community, and, and literally paid for groceries for two hours straight, about $22,000 worth. Well, it was $22,000 worth of, of groceries, and um, it, it, was, it was amazing. I mean, one, it's a, a, to be honest with you, personal bucket list ego thing we've done it multiple times just gone in the stores and just paid for everyone's stuff which has been awesome usually we do it around um you know the december month and the holidays and stuff like that but um it was pretty cool because a lot of people obviously are, you know it, we're still in the middle of a pandemic uh, you know and and people you know i think a lot of people get shocked when they come up to the register and they are kind of looking at you like, what are you, what are you about to do? You know? And, and then you swipe that car for them. And a lot of them are really like in awe or, or really shocked that somebody is 
taking the time to think about them and, and that people are still doing nice things in this world. So I think that, you know, we're trying to do, we call it be a blessing because we just want to encourage people, even those that can afford their meal to, uh, to just want to be able to put a smile on someone else's face. So hopefully we can try to build that momentum. And, and again, you know, this world isn't perfect, but we're trying to do our part. You're creating lots of good energy by doing that. Very thoughtful of you, Brandon. You also somehow have carved out some time to have a new podcast. It's called Money Music Culture. We can see it behind you. Uh, what is the goal of the podcast and what do you hope it accomplishes? Yeah, so Money Music Culture, shout out to my guy Ross Mack um, and my whole team, Life 101, Ethan Wide and Chad. We uh, we are trying to find different ways to continue to talk to people about money. I mean, unfortunately, um, you know, we've, I've done the class at Penn and we're still doing the class at Penn. We've actually recently with the meal right here on my shirt, we, we recently rolled out our class to high school students for credit, right? And, and ultimately, it's kind of... You know, there's some lessons when I'm talking about banking interest rates and things like that, where, to be honest with you, even as the professor, my eyes are peeling over. So we were trying to find more creative ways to talk to people about money and what better way to do that than through the universal language of music. So um, Ross and I, we literally sit down and listen to some of your favorite songs, some of the, you know, the Migos, and Nipsey Hussle and Jay-Z. And we literally listen to some of the songs and some of the lyrics that they're saying. And then we actually deliver a financial education lesson on that lyric. So when Beyonce is talking about pay me in equity, right? Well, not too many people know that she went to Uber and instead of being paid $6 million to perform, she decided to take all that in equity. And when the stock went public, she made a lot more than $6 million. So it's just trying to get people to understand, think differently, but also do it in a creative way. So we literally have fun. It's, it's therapy for me because I like listening to music too. So we need to get all of y'all on too. Here. Come on as guests, bring your yeah. favorite song. <laughs> I love this money music culture. I'm sure you can get it wherever you download. Give your me some podcast. equity. I'm in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. We love you, Brandon. Thank you for bringing us your energy this morning. You are the best, and good luck with the Falcons, the podcast, and Braylon. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. Happy Thanksgiving. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. 
for the first time on Hard Knocks. We got everybody we need in this locker room. Experience the NFL during the season. Let's go! That boy good. The season is stressful, a lot of pressure. How well is this lining up? You're going to experience that. The Colts, what they just did to Buffalo, it's the first ever Hard Knocks during the NFL season. NFL Films follows these Colts. 2021 Hard Knocks in season, the Indianapolis Colts. It is now streaming on HBO and HBO Max. That is so awesome. Got to watch that this week. And it's also got to check out the Power Rankings by Dan Hansis ahead of Week 12. Uh, For reasons that are almost inexplicable, we started talking about 70s radio host Soupy Sales earlier in the show. So we're going to do this with a category of soups right now. Let's get to the French onion division. Polarizing soup. Not for everybody, but uh, the Detroit Lions down there at 32. We'll see you Thursday. New York Jets at 31. Bears, 27. See you Thursday. Giants, this is not a fun division to be in. So let's move on to the, you ever going to see the ironic pub that says, Soup of the Day, Whiskey. We'll do that division. Eagles, 17-18. Saints, Pittsburgh Steelers, 19 in the league. 20 Carolina Panthers, Washington Vegas Raiders, and uh, Broncos Dolphins. Moving on to the matzo ball division, my uh, daughter's favorite food. We really? love going to the deli. She crushes it. Evelyn loves the matzo ball. She does. On the left, the Rams and Vikings round out the top 10. Chargers, Colts, Ravens, Browns still hanging in there. Bengals off a win. Niners don't let them get hot too late. And as we move on to the talk soup division, why nice. not? The soup, our friend Joe McHale, Ooh. fan of the show. All right, Dan Hansis on the upper left. You see as the Cardinals as the best team in football. There you go, Closely kid. by a team that they lost to. This is so fun. The Packers, then last night's Bucks. Chiefs creeping up to four. Cowboys, they put up nine points. They're still at five. Patriots, oh, Patriots is six. Tasty. Bills off a beat down. Where are the Colts on there? They're I didn't still even see them. The and then the Titans. As Dan always says, it's not power standings. It's power rankings. We use his words. Now let's see that beautiful face. Let's bring him in. The man behind well, the power, Dan Hansis. Good morning, Dan. Very good. And I like the talk soup reference. I would have went with the John Henson era of the early 90s, but yeah. that's just me. Yeah, or Aisha, Kinnear, whoever you want. We have to start off, though, with one of the most punishing losses of the week, nay, of this season. The Bills lost to the Colts. It's brutal, Dan. And yet, we're looking at your rankings. They've only fallen from the fifth spot to the seventh spot. Care to explain your decision? Yeah, this is hard because the power rankings is really tricky business in the year 2021, uh, where the deems that are supposed to be superpowers, like the Bills, they don't play like superpowers week to week, and yet... For me to really drop them, to quote-unquote punish them and send them into the teens or wherever, uh, that wouldn't be me saying that I don't really believe in this Bills team. I, say, I think they're more a team that's going through some stuff right now, but at the same time, I think there's something that's still there. They're in a slump. Uh, that was as ugly as it gets on Sunday against the Colts, uh, but my my placement of them shows I still think they are a top-10 team, team in the league, but they're going to have to show it uh, on Thursday. Yeah, they are. Uh, that's a good one at the Saints. There's also a huge Colts game this weekend, and when we watch Jonathan Taylor, we're just jumping for joy because we even said he might be an MVP candidate. Five total touchdowns, 185 yards, and you said he makes the Colts look like the most dangerous team in the AFC. I don't know. Take us through it here. Is this guy going to be MVP in the first 11 games? We've got this. What do you think? Yeah, I think we were. he's officially in the conversation. For sure. And I think, again, because this is a strange season, uh, the MVP race is more wide open than I can really remember. And I think it goes back to the fact that there just aren't quarterbacks having dominant, memorable seasons right now. And I thought Kyler Murray was a favorite. And then he got hurt. And Josh Allen, he was the favorite in Vegas a couple weeks ago. And then things have gone sideways there. So the door is open for a non-quarterback. And here comes Jonathan Taylor. And who has been more important, who's been more valuable uh, than Jonathan Taylor, a guy who now leads the league in yards, leads the league in touchdowns, and on a week-to-week basis is making wild plays and just carrying this Colts team. I mean, Carson Wentz is not a guy, and I'm a Carson Wentz apologist, that you could trust necessarily, but when you could hide him and he could throw for 130 yards and you destroy the Bills, it's because you have an MVP-level running back, and that's what Jonathan Taylor's been. All right, Dan, both the Cowboys and the Raiders coming off a week 11 losses, and they're facing each other on Thanksgiving Day, 4.30 p.m. on CBS. Who's got more at stake in this game? The Raiders are on the outside looking in. The Cowboys are first in the division, but who's got most at stake here? 
Uh, that's an easy one for me, uh, Sean. I think it's it's the Raiders. The Raiders are in a lot of trouble here. You know, we, we talked about it all throughout the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's a good start, but are they going to do what they did in 2019 and 2020, fade in December? Well, they proved everybody wrong because they faded in November. But that doesn't mean they can't dig themselves out of this and, get, and salvage uh, this season, but they need to do it on Thursday. This is their opportunity to keep this season from completely imploding. The Cowboys are still in great position, obviously, to be a playoff team. If they lose, it's going to be a lot of drama around uh, Gerald World, but I still think in terms of who needs it more, it's the Raiders. NFL.com slash power rankings. Uh, you said that Justin Herbert, hi, Dan, uh, is hey. different. That's the word you used. Hi. The Chargers coming off a big primetime win. I yesterday sort of expressed my worry that too much is on Justin Herbert. If he's not good, I don't know if they're going to win, if he's not having a great day. Do you think that he and this Chargers team has what it takes to actually give the Chiefs a run for their money? Mm, I mean, again, the Chiefs and the rest of the cool. AFC, there's there's no dominant teams. So, yes, the Chargers can get hot and be that team. But at the same time, like we were at SoFi Stadium, me and the ATN gang on Sunday night watching that game. And, you know, the Steelers were decimated by injuries on defense. So uh, the Chiefs, it was fun watching them on offense, but I still have questions with whether they could be consistently doing that week to week. And then the defense, you know, Ben Roethlisberger went up and down the field on him. I think they've been disappointing on defense all year. They have big-time players on both sides of the ball. They have big-time players in the front seven and the back end, and yet it hasn't really all come together. So I, I keep them at 11 just outside the top 10, knowing they have the potential to rise up and be, become a superpower. But right now I'm still kind of hedging my bets on them a little bit. What a year for the rankings, Dan. Anyone who wants to say that power rankings are not real, we say they're even better than the real thing. Be sure to check out NFL Power Rankings presented by Energizer every Tuesday on NFL.com. Dan, thank you for guiding us through the mysterious ways of these their rankings. So much you too. So much. Nailed it. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. Turns out a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit mrsmyers.com today.